So the idea behind today's podcast, our weekly podcast, is to talk a little bit about some of the things we're learning in our new Wednesday evening uh, small group, which we are sort of fancifully calling Bar Hopping with Bonhoeffer, and uh, during which or in which we are reading um, one of his books, a very kind of a slender tome, if you will, called Life Together. And I'm sure Lisa would agree with me. It's it's really a wonderful way to, or a sort of point of entree into discussing what makes a Christian, a community Christian. Um, his ideas, I think, are really thought-provoking, and he comes at stuff from an angle that is is sort of fresh and new. Um, so at any rate, uh, for people who aren't able to make the Wednesday program, we thought it might be uh, a good idea to share some of what he, um, what we've been talking about um, with respect to that book. I do agree. It's a very rich text, and we had some great discussion about it last week, and we would love to share it. Yeah, yeah. No, that sounds good. So um, so what were some of the things that really struck you from that first reading last week? We, the group that I spoke with last week, we had a lot of questions about how Bonhoeffer's ideas about community and its definition and what it constitutes, how that translates into the 21st century for oh, us. Yeah. Um, one of Bonhoeffer's early points is that Christians necessarily live in the midst of our enemies. Yes. Um, that we are surrounded by a secular world. Um, we're always sort of scattered. Yeah. Um, and that creates a fundamental need for his definition of community. And we started right off the bat with a question of, well, who are our enemies? Right. We don't really look around at our secular world and see people that we would classify as hostile or enemies. Right. And so right. we kind of started right off the bat with some questions about how this translates into the 21st century for us. Yeah, that's a good, I mean, that's a really good point. It's important to remember that Bonhoeffer is writing this book uh, during the Nazi during the Nazi period in Germany. So <laughs> he really was surrounded by actual enemies and he himself ended up dying in one of the camps. Um, I think one way of translating his ideas into the 21st century is to not so much think of ourselves as surrounded by people who are actively our enemies, so much as a culture that in a very deep way is antithetical to to the, the Christian message, to uh, the kind of community that Christianity is is hoping to build. Just the uh, the incredible worship of power in, you know, in our community or in our culture, the um, just the anxiety over money and influence, the desire for celebrity, all these different kinds of things are constantly pushing everyone, Christians and non-Christians alike, to um, to clarify our values, you know, and it can be very difficult uh, to sort of stand over and against those those values. You know, it's 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 hard to be a person who, for example, seeks out a profession that is not going to give you a lot of it's not going to give you a lot of material satisfaction, if you will. You may feel called to it, but living as we do in the midst of a culture that just so completely identify success with money, you know, there's that niggling little feeling or that doubt that somehow mm -hmm. you're, you, you aren't a successful person, no matter how good you may be at whatever the profession is that you're, that you're, um, 
you know, that you're working in. So I would say it's it's more that sense of Bonhoeffer's point of just that, you know, we don't sort of exist in this world that is a Christian world, I think, um, I think is a good one. And also I think it, that's an important point to make in the United States where we have a kind of a civic religion that is constantly insisting that we're a Christian country. Mm-hmm. And yet, you know, Bonhoeffer would say, look again, you know, look again. You know, the, our, our public lives are not uh, reflective of, you know, some of the, the deeper values of, of Christianity or Jesus for that matter. It's a very good point. Um, we kind of talked about institutions, maybe, mm-hmm. instead of individuals right. as being our enemies and um, kind of very much along these lines, centers of power, right. what right. do we value? Right. These are the things to look out for. Yeah, and, and we were just joking about this before uh, we began this podcast, but I'm going to be more than likely, I'm going to be talking about the Real Housewives franchise in my sermon this Sunday. And part of it is I'm, I'm looking at it as uh, a slice of pop culture that, you know, kind of holds a mirror up to us as to what we think is worthy of attention, um, what kinds of lives we are being taught to aspire to. um, And, you know, obviously, um, the values that are being lived out on that show are not easily aligned with (laughs) Jesus's values. No offense to the Real Housewives. You know, I'm sure they're very kind, wonderful people. I'm not totally sure about that, having watched one of the episodes. But, (laughs) but, you know, I think, um, you know, this is the sort of cultural soup in which we live, you know. And, uh, you know, finding finding ways of being Christian in the midst of that are, you know, is, is, um, is a challenge. It can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. It certainly can. And that whole idea of being a Christian as opposed to not being a Christian really gets at the heart of Bonhoeffer's point that this kind of community that he's talking about is dependent upon Christ. It yes. cannot exist outside of Christ. And that was another one of the questions that came up kind of down at my end of the table Yeah, that, a lot of the folks that I was talking with cited examples from their personal lives of having deep relationships and and being in other groups that were deeply committed to each other and fulfilling with people who did not identify as Christian. Right. So if this is the Christian community and it's dependent on Christ, how can that other kind of community also exist if community only exists in Christ. So right, that was another right, challenge that we kind of brought right. to Bonhoeffer's definition. Yeah, that's a really good question because I think um, I think part of what Bonhoeffer, some of the things that Bonhoeffer is pointing out about what makes a Christian community unique, I can imagine there would be the potential to experience those things in other communities, provided that uh, some of the sort of foundational things that he thinks are important to community are for whatever reason, going on. For example, one of the things that Bonhoeffer talks about is the reason why Christian community needs to be based on Christ is because, this is Bonhoeffer speaking, not myself, but it's it's only through Christ that we realize that we can't go it alone, that we need, Mm -hmm. he talks about, you know, this need for an alien righteousness. And what he means by that is not like an alien from outer space, but, you know, a righteousness that is coming from a source outside of ourselves. And so for Bonhoeffer, one of the reasons why we even enter into community is that on some level, we recognize 
that we really need other people, you know, and we need other people to teach us how to be, you know, better human beings. And we need other, other people to, um, to assure us that, you know, that life is good life, that, that things are going to be okay. I mean, we, we just can't, those sort of bedrock elements of faith don't happen for us in isolation. At the same time, he feels like, you know, we're able to go into, you know, to enter into relationships with other people because there's something about Christ enables us to get past our own egos mm -hmm. enough to actually go to another human being for that help. So it's like, on the one hand, we need to real we, you know, Christ helps us to realize that we need other people. On the other hand, Christ helps us actually be able to go to other people for that help. So I can imagine a community or, you know, a friendship or a fellowship, um, you know, having those marks, if part of what's going on is the people in that fellowship really recognize how important other people, you know, other people are to them in terms of their ability to grow as individuals. And at the same time, there is that humility and that, that willingness to submit you know, to another person's opinion or shaping or what have you. Um, but for Bonhoeffer, he really sees that, you know, that those gifts come through Jesus, you know. Um, and people could, you know, people could say, well, we're having this experience apart from Jesus. I mean, sometimes I think that Jesus' example has so permeated mm -hmm. our mm -hmm. culture, you know, um, that— values like humility and a willingness to listen to others are in some sense due to his his presence kind of hovering <laughs> over all of us, you know. So sometimes I wonder if what we refer to as Christ goes by other names yeah. in other communities. And so we may not recognize it for what it is because it doesn't go by the name that we're looking for, but it is the right. same spirit right. and it is the same power that's bringing people together and forming those bonds. You know, um, Calvin has this concept and it sort of reminds me of what you're saying where he talks about common grace. And, and what he means by that is, you know, if you really believe that God creates, sustains, and redeems the world, you know, there are things going on in the world that are, you know, that are God's work of sustaining, creating, sustaining, and redeeming the world. And um, so that there is a kind of a common grace that is that is out there in the world that people mm -hmm. are experiencing. Um, and I, I've always thought that that was a, a very interesting way of kind of thinking about, um, you know, just, for, I mean, for Calvin, God is sovereign. This is his world, and part of what we have to do as human beings is really um, acknowledge that he's in charge. <laughs> so who are we to sort of say, oh, there's a part of the world that doesn't have God in it? It's like we don't get to say that because mm. there is no, there is nothing that exists. I and mean, this is Calvin speaking. There is nothing that exists apart from God. We should do a whole other podcast episode on Calvin. And oh, Calvin I love Grace. Calvin. That'd I do. Be great. I do love Calvin. Yeah. <laughs> I recognize not everybody loves Calvin, but I am one of his fans. Yes. <laughs> he deserves a few fans. He, he does. At he least does. a few. <laughs> 
One thing that really struck me about the Bonhoeffer that we read and discussed for last week's meeting was his observation that in his day and age, he was seeing a growing desire among Christians to come together in community. And I'm not sure we're seeing that today. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, I think, I mean, it's so interesting to think about his context and um, just everything that was going, everything that went into sort of creating the experience of being a German in Nazi Germany, um, you know, so much of which we can scarcely imagine, you know, Mm -hmm. just the cruelty and the, you know, the, the pathology and the, um, the terror and just all these, all these things. And you can really imagine people, although you would have to be sort of brave and courageous to, to want it, but you can imagine people's hunger for an alternate community where, you know, unchecked power and cruelty and manipulation and deception and all these things, you know, weren't the sort of the guide stars, you know, mm-hmm. where there was something, you know, uh, there was a totally different um, experience of community that was being built or being experienced. You know, I think it's interesting to um, to think about church going nowadays because I think that um, a lot of churches, uh, a lot of denominations, compare church going now to uh, church going in the fifties and, mm-hmm. and things along those lines. Mm-hmm. And I think one thing that's important to recognize is the degree to which the 50s and sort of that period in American church history and just in church history in general was really an anomaly. Um, You know, uh, back in the day when my great-grandfather was a missionary in the logging and mining camps in northern Wisconsin and Michigan— People might see him once every six weeks. So this mm-hmm. idea that you were going to church every Sunday and you were having that experience, I mean, it just really wasn't a possibility in a lot of places. Um, people couldn't afford the travel. You know, they were too spread out. Um, and I think it's important to remember that. I mean, we're living through and, – and then there was sort of an – a time where there you could have communities where they had blue you know blue laws and people weren't working on Sundays and you know that, that was sort of economically that could be you know that could be integrated but for a lot of humankind i mean there's a reason why in the old testament the incredible emphasis on keeping sabbath to the point mm-hmm. where you know in numbers they're dragging somebody outside you know and everybody's stoning him because he was gathering sticks on the sabbath it's because Work was so pervasive, trying to have a day a week where nobody was working was really a stretch, you know? Yeah. And I think we're very much back to a time when um, it's just not so easy for people to go to church, to to have that Sunday free, um, to do that, or to even um, not maybe need on some level for that Sunday morning to be quiet. Mm-hmm. you know, um, given just how overstimulated we are. So, yeah, so I think it's really complicated, mm-hmm. uh, tr- you know, trying to draw parallels between our time and, 
you know, in other times when it comes to engagement with, uh, with religious traditions or religious themes. The one thing I would say that gives me a sense that that sort of desire for transcendence and um, that, that sort of the, the sort of spiritual longings are there is, is just in the very thriving self-help industry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, it shows yeah. people are really, they want to think about how relationships are improved. They want to um, have a better understanding of what is meaningful in life. Um, it's just they're not necessarily associating those pursuits or they're they're not experiencing those pursuits in the, in a Christian context anymore. And I think maybe as members of Christian communities and and Christian context, this brings us back to Bonhoeffer's point about the ego. Yeah, that we need to set aside what we think church is supposed to be or right. our goals for what we want our community to achieve to let God do God's work right. of creating the community in all of its messy reality. Right. For me, one of the sort of most amazing points that Bonhoeffer make, made in this first section that I read is his emphasis on the eternity of the Christian community. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and what he, what I mean by that and what he means by that is you know, Christian community happens through and in Christ. And, you know, in Christ, uh, the experience of being in Christ is not just an experience for this life that we have. And then, you know, it's something totally different. Like, for him, it's like we're in Christ, period. And we're not in Christ alone. We're in Christ with all the other people that he's redeemed and saved and forgiven. And so that there is a sense in which what makes a community truly Christian is this understanding that we're not together because of anything that we've done or because we're good people or we have the right beliefs or whatever. We're together because of what Christ has done. And what Christ has done has an eternal timeline. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I just love that point because it really <laughs> brings home this, you know, this sort of sense that. You know, in in you know the American Church is just known for being you know it's schisms and it's sectarianism and all this kind of stuff. And part of what Bonhoeffer is saying is that the part of the the blessing and the challenge of Christian community is that there's really no escaping other Christians. <laughs> You're not getting rid of these people. <laughs> You're not getting rid of these people. <laughs> They're in Christ. You're in Christ. And that's going to continue. And I think there's something very um, interesting about that idea uh, in terms of understanding and incorporating different people and different viewpoints. And you know, and I think that's a real challenge for those of us in Western civilization and our individualism and yeah. and our desire to strike it out on our own. I think yeah. that's yeah. that can be a hard thing, but it's a good thing. Yeah. And it's yeah. meant to be a good thing. Yeah. And I do think that, um, you know, in a world right now, in a, in a again, a cultural context right now where people feel very rootless and they really struggle to understand who they are, um, you know, the, this question of identity, who mm-hmm. am I? Um, the idea that, that being in Christ and being, being a part of a Christian community is something that really roots you 
um, and that is that, like I said, has that eternal timeline. I think that is such an interesting counterpoint to the sort of temporary nature of so much of our lives, you know. And when mm-hmm. I say temporary, I mean, you know, just the way things are constantly changing around us all the time. So it's like you know, the new phone, the new technology, mm-hmm. the new fashion, the new, you know. Um, changing jobs, you know, you name it. I mean, there's just this sort of sense that change is this constant. And Bonhoeffer's, um, his way of characterizing the, you know, the the eternal nature of the Christian community, I think is a, is a, is an interesting, it's kind of a relief. Oh, it's definitely a relief. You know, you can very much ground yourself yes. in that as all yes. the other things swirl around you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I hope we've given people a little taste of uh, Bonhoeffer's work. He has a sort of a distinctive theological voice. Um, he makes statements that open up opportunities to really talk about not only what exactly he's getting at, but how might this speak to us nowadays. And uh, it's, you know, it was uh, our end of the table was a lot of fun as well. So we had <laughs> we had so many people there. We had to sort of split the split the table into two, um, but that doesn't mean that we're not uh, we're not able to welcome a few more. So if if you feel as if uh, this podcast has sort of interested you in the conversations that are going on on Wednesday evenings, um, we are going to be off for obviously for Christmas Day and then for New Year's Eve but then we'll be back up and running again in January. And it's looking like we will be at the old spaghetti factory uh, just off the Todos Santos Plaza. And so join us 6.30 on Wednesday evenings for bar hopping with Bonhoeffer. <laughs>